Hello everyone, welcome back to the Trauma Reviews podcast with me, Hannah. Um, So I'm in the process at the moment of doing some research into um, divorce and the trauma of the divorce process, uh, particularly in the UK. Um, I have had a few stories, I've gathered some information, I've read some reports, some legal documents, etc. I'm just gathering at the moment and I've put out on some of the related pages online um, a request to anybody who's had experience of that traumatic experience um, just to come forward. Um, They can do it anonymously. I'm just gathering a general picture, really, from people. If people can give me very specific examples of, say, what was said to them by lawyers, what was said to them by judges, what was said to them by, um, you know, professionals who they went to, say they went to the doctor um, and the advice they had was quite obscure, it wasn't quite what they were expecting, or say they went to a lawyer and um, what their experiences of that have been, whether it's been helpful, whether it's been um, traumatic, and what sort of impact it's had on them being um, not only in the court divorce process, but in the solicitor's office, um, receiving information, not understanding what's happening, this sort of thing, but having to be perhaps um, in a building with the person that they are having a dispute with or sometimes living even in the same house as them at the same time as um, these legal masses are going um, ahead. Whether it's dragged on for a long time, whether they feel that that has been to the advantage of a domestic abuser or whether that's been to the advantage of people making money out of them, that sort of thing, whether it's had an impact on their family, on their ability to work, on their health, um, so I'm really interested to know if people have come back as well from, um, you know, years of this process and people have come back at them with further, you know, vexatious or malicious or just, you know, harmful litigation, etc. Whether this has had an impact on their finances, etc. But I'm really interested to hear specifically what people have been told. So supposing, you know, um, for example... They have been um, in a situation where they are restricted because of a disability or a health complaint or something and it's been dismissed by the people who are supposed to be taking it into consideration or perhaps they felt that there was a bias or a discrimination against them when they came to use these services. Perhaps they found that they weren't being given very good advice or the best advice for them or they felt they were being patronised, or, and that again, that might be because of a prejudice, or it might be that they're just being offered a very bad service. Um, also, um, if people have had a good experience of somebody who's actually consistently understood them, and what their needs are and actually fought for them, I'd like to hear from them as well. But I'm really interested to hear people's experiences, because as I say, I'm gathering information, data, um, if you can back it up, you don't have to, but if you if you can back it up with documentation, of course, it's not something that I'll be publishing documentation, especially if it's legal records, etc. And if you want to take the names off that for legal reasons um, before sending it to me, that's fine because I don't need to know names. I just need to know cases, dates, etc. and specific quotations um, and 
if you are uncertain of anything and you want to ask about anything also I can help with that clarifying points so if you want to get involved with that and you want to contribute um, any information about how it's impacted on you about the process that you went through I know I've spoken to a lot of people who've been quite surprised at comments that have been made to them and attitudes towards them um, some of the anonymous information um, that I've had um, which I'm not going to put names to comments like um, I was told that I was greedy or I felt like I was being um, portrayed as greedy just for asking for the normal amount um, I felt that I was being discriminated against because I'm a woman I felt that um, I was being attacked because I have money or I felt that the lawyers were spinning it out, or I felt that my lawyers were ignoring me, or I felt that they were quite good at first, but then what I discussed with them and what was actually arranged, I wasn't entitled to certain information they wouldn't give to me, um, or I didn't feel that I was adequately represented, or I didn't you know, feel that this was discussed with me before I went into the process. I was just, you know, bumbled along. And very often people don't know what to expect and how to plan or if to plan at all or whether to rely on their representation and things like that so this is something that is not something I have personal experience of but it's something that I have personal experience of dealing with people in that environment and the people that they are dealing with I have experience of so I can fully believe um, and validate what they're saying to be highly likely and highly um you know, plausible because I've actually heard the repetition of this from various different people who don't even know each other. Um, and I've seen the information to back it up as well. So I'm really interested in doing that research. If anybody wants to contact me, you can go through my Facebook page um, and you can send me a message on there. Um, and also I'm going to be appealing to some of the other pages, which are services supporting people, um, particularly in the UK, but it can be outside. But I'm particularly interested in UK cases at the moment, um, although there is a common problem uh, worldwide with this. So if you've had an issue with that, the other issue that I'm looking for, um, a little bit more information and research before I do um, a full podcast on it, is I'm looking for people who've had, um, and I do follow a lot of information on SEND sites and information about autism, etc. But I'm looking for those people who've ha perhaps had children um, who've been involved either um, in proceedings or um, interactions with schools or um, with lawyers etc or with systems um, maybe medical maybe um, social maybe local government and local authority or maybe um, legal proceedings private or public to do with children who've got special needs who've got maybe undiagnosed or diagnosed um, signs of autism, ADHD, dyslexia, dyspraxia, all that sort of thing, and whether they felt that the people that they were coming into contact with, doing assessments, etc., and in the, within the process actually had any awareness and understanding of, um, of their situation or knew the right path to take or took the right path in actually assessing and dealing with these situations, whether they were educated in the matter, whether they had um, 
an understanding and an, an, an experience of it themselves or whether they you know I don't know tried to make you know ridiculous suggestions for example um, or showed a lack of understanding so I'm really interested to hear sort of whereabouts in the country you're from you don't need to give me your exact address I'm interested to know whereabouts you are and what what system you're under at the time I'm interested to know roughly when these things occurred so I'm interested in historic cases but also um, more recent ones as well so or ongoing ones so just if you could just give me an indication of when because I'm trying to pick out a pattern here or a correlation of things that are happening quite frequently so we can discuss them um, and the other thing is I'm looking for um, basically any sort of solid proof that you can provide as well um, so if you've been told not to publish certain things that's fine you don't we're not publish, publishing them here we're going to do a general kind of take in of information and then I'm going to talk in general terms about the data that's been collected I'm going to look at common trends um, and themes that keep coming up and there are catchphrases which is quite interesting so if you can actually directly quote me what was said to you because I'm finding there's a lot of catchphrases and it makes me wonder you know when I'm tracing back to where are these influences coming from where are these cultures and attitudes and belief systems and practices coming from I can say well actually this is standard they are doing this as standard or I can say actually they are only doing this in this area because there seems to be a theme or I can say well actually this is one individual um, and these are the extreme cases and these are the better cases as well this this is where they got it right this is where they got it wrong and we can break it down because of course I think this information is going to be really useful to those who are genuinely interested in doing a good job and those who are genuinely in a position of power to change things within the system so and I think also the general public needs to know um, what sort of practices are going on because a lot of it is behind closed doors, secretive, etc. And although there is some, you know, um, sense to that and some legality behind that, which is valid, I think we need to be discussing more about the harm that it's causing and, and actually look at what the level of harm is. Um, so trying to establish really what the damage is that's done to people. I've heard a lot of people lately, some of these snippets that I have had that I can tell you about is that um, many people have been told that they are either trying to force people into relationships they don't want with others, which is not necessary, which I've talked quite a bit about on these podcasts. But on the flip side of that, um, I've heard very frequently actually over a prolonged period of time now in these cases that people are talking about how they play people off against each other. And we might, I'm looking to explore really what some of the possible motivations behind that might be. So, you know, when a lawyer goes behind your back and talks to a school about you or another agency about you, and it's, you know, the opposition's lawyer, um, they're smear campaigning, they are acting dishonestly, etc. Is that happening a lot? Have we got any evidence for that? And are we seeking that evidence out and how to go about getting that? Also, um, you know, when a social worker is telling your friends uh, misinformation or your family or they are trying to pit you against another parent, supposing you get along with the other parent and supposing you're not with that person but you are, and you don't live in the same household but you actually get along with them, you consider yourself friends with them, are they winding up? I've done a podcast previous, 
previously, um, talking about um, how men are encouraged to pursue women through court, etc. Um, and how women are sometimes advised, you're entitled to this, you're entitled to that. I think sometimes they are perhaps perpetuating problems and sometimes they are actually dismissing them for the seriousness. So you've got two, again, two flip sides of this where it's not being balanced out properly. Um, so I'm really interested to know what people's experiences actually are and have they started off with one set of information and then found out actually it's false. Um, I've heard a lot of grandparents say that they have been pitted against their children, whether they're adult children or, ch- or grandchildren. I've heard a lot of children say that what's been reported that they've said has been a lie. And you have to ask yourself, what is this, what is going on here? Are they just not listening? Have they come in with an agenda and brainwashed that they only believe what they believe you're going to say and that they are so, are they coercing people into saying, or are they deliberately stirring up trouble because they've been advised to, or are they just being advised by people who are not involved? who don't really know what they're doing. So I'm really interested to see what sort of things are going on. And I think from the information that I'm getting, I'll build a more um, clear picture of whether this is just a system of chaos, um, what the impact is on people, um, and whether there is a, a sort of spectrum of in- impact, whether some people are perhaps not impacted so much and others are impacted enormously um, and things like that. So I'm, I'm just collecting as much as I can. So if you can contact me on the Facebook page, the Trauma of Abuse podcast Facebook page, and you can um, message me with any of that information. It's quite clear on there how to message me and how to get in contact. So if you can do that, that's great. Um, and that's all I'm looking for at the moment. And then once we've collect, collected all that data, as I say, we can put it all together. Um, and I might invite somebody who's had an experience of um, a malignant person and a toxic system who I've actually looked at some paperwork. I might invite them to come on here and do an interview um, and talk about some of their experiences as well, because I think it'd be very interesting to hear because it's very current as well. Um, yeah, and I hear this from both sides. I actually hear this from men and women, that they are being encouraged to do some quite nasty things and to pursue people um, and then to pretend. And it's all a bit sort of... It's all a bit bizarre, really. It's a bit like a dystopia <laughs> and what's some of what seems to be going on. So, um, yeah. And most people come out of it very confused as well, of course. They don't quite know what they've signed up for, what's happened. They think they do. And when I actually look at the paperwork, they've got something very different written down or they've got something that's similar in some ways, but not in others, and you actually have to break it down. And um, so if anybody needs any help with that as well, as well as gathering information, I can also try and make sense of some things for people, which is what I do. So... Um, if you want to be a part of that or you need to seek some advice, please get in touch. Um, because although people are going to so-called experts um, and experts, professionals in this field, they're not actually coming away with a clear understanding of what's happening to them, which seems to be quite a common theme, actually. So, um, And that can cause, you know, a lot of stress and that can be passed on. I also saw, saw a video the other day of... Um, 
a service which actually claims to be supporting people through this process and courts and parents and others knowing and I found it very patronising I'm not going to say which one it was because I don't want to really bad mouth anybody because I think that their intentions are genuinely good but I'm finding time and time again I've actually had to unfollow these people um online and not not actually you know to, I've been thinking for a while actually that their practices are not very helpful and I think that actually although their intentions are good um I watched this like video and it was all about basically how to how to be a better parent to your children to people who are already good parents you know and people who are um experiencing some quite abusive extreme situations and circumstances and it's sort of talking to them assuming that they are passing stress on to their children that they are behaving inappropriately or that they're being negative about somebody else and actually that's not the case and it's kind of reaffirming the toxic views and assumptions that are out there that are all baseless, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I would say, I think it was well-meaning, but instead of taking a specific situation and saying, well, in this person's case, they came to me and said they were having difficulty with the following, they are kind of making a general assumption about parents or mothers or fathers and then using that general assumption based on nothing to assume that they need to that they are doing and thinking a certain thing and that they need to change it and actually that's not the case my experience of these situations is that people are not behaving like that and they're not doing that and they don't need help with that and it's actually incredibly patronizing it's reaffirming the toxic view that there's all these resentful people out there that are all doing and, you know, occasionally you do find some of that. I know of one particular family when I was growing up um, and I saw that kind of stressful situation going on and the drama and all the rest of it. And it must have been a very stressful situation for those children at times. However, in the majority of cases that I'm dealing with, I actually don't see people behaving... Um, badly towards their children or reacting and to sort of say well you must react in an abnormal way I'm not sure that's healthy for anybody I think facing reality is always important um in when something's happened saying yes this was awful this did happen this is a danger but we've got to build some quality of life we've got to focus on things there. but we also need to process the reality of what's happened and when somebody comes to you like a child and says, you know, you don't, they're assuming that everyone's having a lovely time and that everyone's got to pretend everything's fine. And actually, I think there's a, from speaking to children who've been traumatised by situations, what they are struggling to get across, even though they're very articulate and they can speak well in some cases, what they're struggling and they're demonstrating physically and emotionally what's happening to them in many different ways that it comes out they're actually not being acknowledged. Um, it's They're telling me it's far worse. It feels far worse to them um, than people are understanding. They're saying, oh, well, it's just this and we just need to do that and they're smoothing it over. And I think all this pretense um, is not a good idea. I'm not saying we have to dwell on it 100% of the time, but I think this, this ignorance of understanding the full long-term impact. That doesn't mean that we dive in, going everyone needs a psychiatrist and a psychologist and all the rest of it. They don't actually. 
think we need to recognise that their reaction to what they have experienced, either over time in a pattern of behaviour or what they're being subjected to, or other people's attitudes or the abuse of themselves that they keep being repeatedly subjected to is not okay. Um, you know, that you have taken steps to try and prevent it and people have let you down. And now let's try and take some rest by it and relax and all the rest of it. But I think to just go, oh, that's nice. Oh, well, let's all pretend everything's okay. It's weird. It's not normal. People know when you're not reacting normally to situations. And this kind of idea that, oh, if somebody tells you something shocking's happen happening to them, um, whether it be an adult or a child or whoever, that we just have a pan face about it. Or we just give them a canned answer or a stock answer. Or we just, yeah, sometimes, you know, that is a way of saying, you know, in, sometimes if you don't believe what somebody said or you think that somebody is a chronic liar or a pathological, you know, liar, as an adult, you might say, okay, they have a tendency. But I think what, what it's doing is actually being very dismissive and it's actually a way of you saying, I don't think what you're telling me is important and I don't think it's valid and I don't think I want it to impact on my life and I'm not acknowledging it and I'm not giving you that learning experience of having somebody react in a normal way. You know, today somebody did this to me. You don't just say, oh, you probably, oh, that's nice, dear. You say, that's awful. Nobody should be doing that. Does this happen often? Is it just this one person that does this? Why do you think it's happening? What should we do to address this? Should we leave it for now and go back tomorrow? Or should we make a note of it? Or should we go and talk to somebody? Or should we, what's the best case scenario here? And we can always change our minds if this happens again or if it comes back as a problem or it upsets you next week and we've still remembered it. It's acknowledging that these things have actually happened rather than ignoring them. And also being able to talk about them, not just being brushed off as, you know, I think there's this assumption that all women, all children, all people involved in disputes, as they call them, are being manipulative. And don't get me wrong, there are some very manipulative characters out there. Um, usually when they're targeting specific people to use for a purpose, um, to get their own way, basically, and they're, they're part of a big pattern of behaviour. But the majority of people who come to you personally and talk to you in a setting that's non-professional or non-relevant, like, you know, a friend chatting to you or a, you know, a sibling or a child or a um a daughter or an adult daughter or whatever they they're coming to you saying this has really happened and i think to just brush it off is wrong and there is no overreaction i don't think to that i don't think that um you know sort of going oh my goodness this is actually you can be calm about it you can talk to them about it but i think just pretending oh well we're cooking the tea now life goes on, you know, I think there seems to be a bit of a myth that that's helping people. And I've started to develop from my experience now of dealing with these things is that it's not helping anybody to dive in 
as an external factor and make a mess of things, trying to be, you know, helpful or um, solve the problem. But it's also not helpful to not listen to and discuss with the person it's happening to. Okay, what are your options? What can you do? What can't you do? What would be, you know, possibilities? And facing and acknowledging what they're telling you. I just find it really bizarre that people want to pretend. Well, it's not. I've had children told by, you know, staff, teachers, oh, it's not really that bad. And oh, well, you love them, don't you? I think that's giving people mixed messages. What they've told you is, I am taking the time to tell you something because I'm trusting you to acknowledge this is not right. Or you might be telling, you know, I mean, they're assuming that everything they say is good and wonderful and this, that, and the other. And also you want to be careful that you're not just acknowledging the bad, that you're also taking interest in the good. Because I think this is where a lot of problems come with those that perhaps are have developed manipulation or attention-seeking, is that they don't get interaction unless they make a big deal. So the point is you should be constantly listening and responding and communicating in a healthy way and acknowledging what people have said to you. Now, it's one thing to say, do you know what, as an adult to an adult, I can't cope with what you're telling me at the moment, it's too much for me because I'm already going through my own problems. But maybe another time, or maybe when I've sorted this out, we can sit down and have a coffee or something. Or maybe, you know, I can recommend this person for you to go and talk to because I find them really helpful, or that sort of thing. But you don't need to not acknowledge what they're saying and dismiss it. It's just a case of I can't cope with it right now. But I think when you have children that come to you, as you are their rock and you are their only support system and the only person who really understands them, you don't have the option really of shutting them down and saying, we're not talking about this, we're not dealing with this right now, because they actually need you to be there and acknowledge what's happening. They don't need you to be dismissive or cold or it's like all this great rock stuff and all this. I mean, you have no obligation to care about the feelings of another adult outside your life. None whatsoever, unless you're a professional doing that job and you're there to help them. But you do have an obligation to your own children, morally and legally, etc., to be there and listen to them, talk to them. Unless, of course, you know, there is an issue with them telling lies and things like that. But if so, you'd have to be really careful because, you know, people are made out to not be believable because it suits people's agendas. And usually somebody's valid experience, you know, if they're telling you in private or whatever, it's for a reason it's not to manipulate. They're not gaining anything from it, from just telling something other than having somebody to trust and help them to solve or try to protect them from this problem. And the thing is, even if you can't solve the issue, I think a lot of people feel that they've got to solve people's problems for them. The point is you might not be able to solve it because you might not have the resources or people out there are not available or they're not doing the jobs properly. But what you can do, and I think this is where the link to my Facebook page where there is a lady on there who's talking about childhood sexual abuse um, and she's experienced it herself. And she's in New Zealand, actually, and she's got a page. And if you go on there, there's a link to her. 
and it will talk about and you watch one of her videos and you can actually go and follow her from that video onto other things if you look up her name she's all on the facebook page she's been posted recently so you'll find you'll be able to find it on there and um, the trauma abuse podcast facebook page and she's talking about and she's written a book about how people can actually listen to survivors and victims and how they can talk to them whether it be adults or children or and how you can listen properly and how you can help them so i think this is one of the things that people need to learn not just as professionals but also as parents and things like that not to be so dismissive i'm actually really shocked at, and as i say i've actually actively blocked them it was only a couple of days ago i was listening to this and i thought no i'm going to block this I'm not listening to people telling me and others this is the, this is good advice, you know, just dismissing people's, you know, genuine experiences as they're happening to them. I get that there are some people out there with some far-out ideas and, you know, the possibilities are kind of... And there are people who've been sucked into bizarre conspiracy theories, etc. But there are also people who've had a genuine experience of something that's genuinely happened to them. And we need to, and particularly children, because their experience of things is magnified by the fact that they are really small, they are vulnerable, they are trapped. They're trapped either in a home or they're trapped in an environment, in a school or an institution, or even just that village or, you know, they're trapped. It doesn't seem like they're trapped, they're running around, you know, and um, you think, but they, they can't, you know, they can't always pick up a phone. And even if they can, no one listens. And there does seem to be this dismissive culture. So it's this dismissive culture that I'm trying to abolish, really. Where, yes, we don't believe everything that everybody tells us. There are some pathological liars out there. There are some men that lie. There are some children that lie because they don't want to get in trouble. But... When it comes to somebody sitting down and saying, well, actually, I'm demonstrating to you I'm anxious. I'm demonstrating to you that this is um, it's making me feel ill. And I'm demonstrating to you and I'm talking to you about why it's happening. You know, and what happens there. And what I don't like. You need to start listening. You need to start acknowledging it. And even if you say, well... I don't know what we can do about that, but let's talk about it again and let's have a think about it and let's try some things or, you know, let's discuss it. Let's take the time to sit down and discuss it right now while you're ready to talk about it as well. That's another thing, you know, and we get a bad advice. We get advice just to carry on and all this. And yes, routine is important. And yes, this is important. And sometimes you don't want to go off telling it all and three things because they're not very helpful. And I get that. But you could at least acknowledge what, what these people are telling you. Um, and when I listen to parents who've tried to protect their children from abusive practices, or they've tried to get things changed, or they've tried to voice feedback for improvement in schools and social work practices and homes, and etc., and legal practice, they've been met with dismissal themselves so and some very warped views as well so please share with me um get in touch um because it's the best way that i can 
combine all the information and it's it gives me the best opportunity to give you the bigger picture on what's going on and then we can try and look at some ways of understanding why it's happening um, and understanding some ways that you can tackle it as well and you can live around it if you can't fight it or beat it there are some ways in which you can exist separately from it um and believe me there was once a time when <laughs> when i thought you couldn't um but you actually can there is a method um and there are a few things you can try just to free yourself from this sort of abusive practice um so get in touch and take care of yourselves and I shall speak to you very soon. I look forward to the next podcast. Okay, bye.